This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey guys, I hope everyone is safe and healthy. Um, while I'm sheltering in place, I'm, I'm really putting a lot of energy into learning, reading, I'm reading as much as possible, and I'm talking with interesting people, not just Monday through Friday, but I've expanded this to the weekend. So last Saturday, I had a conversation with Dr. Greg Carr, Africana Carr on Twitter, C-A-R-R, about history. And every Saturday, I'm going to be posting pieces on YouTube about history, and we're going to pick figures, like not hidden figures, because they're only hidden because people don't talk about them. So we're going to be talking about people that you should know, ish you should know. And one of the people we talked about this past Saturday was Ida B. Wells, just randomly, because she's one of my heroes. Uh, she's one of the baddest women to ever live, to ever walk this earth. And I just absolutely love her. And so does Greg Carr. So we got into this like geeked out conversation about her. And then today she gets a Pulitzer. What are the odds of that? So I think it's, you know, kismet. And uh, so here's our conversation up next about Ida B. Wells and why she's so dope. And I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Follow me at Karen Hunter on Twitter. You can follow Great Car, Dr. Great Car at Africana, C-A-R-R on Twitter. Use the hashtag podcast so that we can uh, check for your comments. And I uh, hope you enjoy. Let us know what you think. Up next, my conversation with Dr. Great Car about the great Ida B. Wells. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You know I'm trying to lose some pounds. And the way I stay on track is every week at the same time I weigh in. And the WW Scales by Conair Bluetooth is one of the best scales on the market. Formerly Weight Watchers, of course, it measures not just your weight, but also your body fat percentage. This is really important. Hydration levels, muscle and bone mass, it tracks your weight loss in such a holistic manner. And if you're using Weight Watchers, or excuse me, WW, it allows you to easily set goals, track your progress, and earn badges because it's connected to the app. If you're a WW member, the scale will automatically sync your weight data with the WW app, no manual data entry required. If smart devices aren't your thing, you can still use the scale to get your body analysis measurements through the extra large digital display. And since it's a nine user memory, everybody in your family and some neighbors and relatives can also use it. It's a scale for the whole family. You can go to amazon.com, search WW scale and get your scale today. This is the top of the line WW scale from Conair. Check it out. Go to Amazon. You know, that's my spot too. WW scale by Conair. Dr. Gray Carr. Uh, yes, we, we can't stop talking. I was telling you off mic that I, I fell in love with Ida B. Wells going down one of those rabbit holes that you were talking about in the last time we, we spoke. You know, um, I found one fact about her that led me to another fact. So, you know, she went across, I knew that she went out to report on lynching. Yes. And then I saw what she died from. And she died, it was a, it was a urinary tract, uric acid buildup. And I, so then what, what I went down this hole, like she's out in places where she can't go to the bathroom places that are segregated, where she can't just move around freely. As a woman, as a woman in society, how much did she hold her water? She died young, right? She shouldn't have been out of here at that age, right? So, I, so that took me there and I had to talk about that because I'm like, you know, as a woman that is, you know, I, I used to say I could hold my, you know, and it's like, no, that's dangerous, you know, because you're, you're a soldier, so you, you control your bodily functions, but at what cost? 
So I, I had that conversation, but those are the kind of rabbit holes that I go down. Like I, I see a little fact about somebody. And I'm like, wait a minute. Then that meant, and I hadn't read that anywhere. I just, I'm deducing, right? You were saying that Ida B. Wells. I'm like, there's some heroes that we need to talk about. And um, Ida Wells, Ida Bell Wells Barnett, one of the most important world figures, really. Not just black, not just woman, not just American, world figures of the 20th century. Uh, born in uh, Holly Springs, Mississippi, raised there. In fact, uh, the house that her father was able to get uh, is now the Ida B. Wells Museum in Holly Springs, right near the campus of Russ College. I've been there many times. Um, she moved to Memphis because Scarlet Fever took out her parents, as you know. She had to raise her siblings, and then she got to go get some money. So she was a school teacher, always very brilliant. Um, moved to Memphis and spent her 20s in Memphis as a school teacher. In fact, uh, Miriam DaCosta Willis edited a book called The Memphis Diary of Ida B. Wells. Hold and on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's very interesting because uh, Ida B. Wells, when you look at her journal, her diary, her daily kind of uh, reminiscence and, and thoughts, here she is, and you would read it as a Black woman, and you can really identify with her. I've had you know students who say, wow, so here she is, 25, 26 years old, teaching school, trying to make ends meet, trying to take care of her younger siblings, and then she figures out a way to go out on a date. I need a little R&R. &R. Right. And so intimidating to the dude, she writes in the diary, these guys, you know, they like me. They, they say I'm, you know, I'm attractive. And then we start talking. But maybe, you know, I'm too smart for them. And they back up. It's like, it's like, this is Listen, that was the other thing. She kept, did she keep her name? Oh, you know oh, what, Karen? Oh, so you know what? That was, like you I said. was like, she, come on. That, that, I have a colleague, um, Belithia Watkins Beatty. We've known each other since uh, we were in law school together. She's a professor at Howard University, one of the country's leading expert in, in Black women's studies. And she always makes this point. When we see women with hyphenated names in 2020, it's, you know, or they keep their names, people think, oh, wow, this is the women's liberation movement. Nope. Go back to the 19th century, to what we had talked about before. Hope lies in the study of the past. It was Black women who started it. And all, and all anybody has to do, this isn't even a matter of really having to study. Who are the most famous black women we know coming out of enslavement? And just stop for a minute. Mary McLeod Bethune. Mary Church Terrell. Ida B. Wells Barnett. And no, you just go back and think about the Barnett part. Yeah, no question. And it's so funny because, you know, she doesn't get married to Frederick Barnett until she moves to Chicago. Right. Writing her, she starts her newspaper in Memphis. She ain't taking no L's to the point that you're always stressing as well. One of the themes you always have, black economic empowerment. Her friends are running a grocery store in the black side of Memphis. These white cats decide they want that business. So what do they do? They attack the store. The store was called the People's Grocery. So they end up lynching the one brother who was a postal clerk and working in the store. They shoot him and he dies, leaves a wife, a young infant child. The other brother gets lynched. Ida B. Wells goes in her newspaper and says, you know what? The law is not able to protect us. We should just leave Memphis. And she's also writing, you know what? We should A Winchester rifle should have a place of honor above the hearth of every black home. Y'all not just gonna come in here and kill us. The people in Memphis, white people in Memphis, decide Ida B. Wells gotta go. They burn her printing press. They try to run her out of town. She's out of town when it happens. Wait, so pause, pause, pause for a second, because I think, you know, to, to not pause and talk about a woman owning a printing press, because again, as a 
as a journalist, as a publisher, as I'm unpacking this woman's story, I'm like, she did this in the 19 what? In the 19? The 19 teens. We're talking about 1920. Right. And we're here struggling. Oh, I can't get a job. This woman, oh. come on, lost, oh. her, lost her parents, raised her, children, raised her siblings, started a, biz, a printing press. A business, as you say, and a journalist. And not only a, a journalist, like you say, you are a granddaughter of Ida Wales. The, and, and by that, I don't just mean as a journalist. I mean as a truth-telling journalist. Here's a woman who, I won't say single-handedly, but you, well, Paula Giddings, of course, wrote a biography of her, Ida, but Ida B. Wells wrote her own autobiography. It's called The Autobiography of Ida B. Wells. Her, yes. grand, her, her daughter, Alfreda Duster, published it posthumously. But what I was going to say is, um, you could almost make the case that she single-handedly started the investigations and exposures of lynchings in yes. America. And so, so she, at that point, she's investigating lynchings by herself. Can you imagine that? When she writes a red record, when she writes mob rule in New Orleans, when she, when she writes lynch law in all its phases, she's not only covering lynchings and exposing them, she's also giving a political analysis. Ida Wells said, y'all think these lynchings are about sex and rape of white women? They are, but there's a bigger thing. What's the bigger issue? She said the issue is black power, black economic power. They're trying to intimidate black people. They're using sexuality as the excuse, but they are lynching women as well. And they're lynching business owners. And they lynched my friend. And that's why we should leave Memphis. And so when she decides, oh no, y'all not gonna scare me. I'm coming back to Memphis. I'm gonna start my business again. Her friends have to persuade her, Ida, you're too valuable. Please don't come back to Memphis. Come to Chicago. And it's when she comes to Chicago that she meets Frederick Barnett. But by then, she's in her 30s. Ida Wells didn't get married as a young girl. You got heard of, right? Because you, you looked at as an old maid or a spinster back then, right? How about that? And you know the beautiful, I love it. You know, when you, when you come to D.C. and go to the African American Museum, uh, one of the best choices they've made in that museum, there is a wall-sized blow-up of a photograph of Ida Wells and her family. Because here we are, like you said, they would say, oh, you're old maid and you're too, you don't agree with everybody and you're smarter than everybody and oh, you're cute. But no, nah, we don't like you always talking and you come to a meeting and blow up the meeting and say, what are we going to do? I, look, Freddie Barnett said, no, nah, no, nah, that's a G right there. I'm with you. And when you see this picture, it's her in the middle of the picture, him sitting next to her, and there are over a dozen other people. Who are they? The children and grandchildren of Ida Wells, and she got the baby sitting next to her looking in the camera like, yeah, I'm coming. She named one of her, one of her daughters Ida B. Wells Jr. Let's be clear, this is a G, you understand? She had a whole family after she had done all this. So when people say, I can't do it, just like people say, well, you know, Du Bois, that's different. Du Bois didn't know his father. Du Bois's mother took in sewing. She passed away his senior year of high school. He was left without a father or a mother. Some people say, I can't do it. Well, Du Bois did it in Jim Crow. Ida Wells was one of the most brilliant journalists and thinkers of her time and had a whole family. But to your point, when she passes away of that tract infection, this, you know, it's interesting when you say, you know, she, she died in part because she had to hold her water. That's a literal thing, and it's also a metaphorical thing. Yes. A lot of times, stress kills us because we hold it in. No, express yourself. Stand in your truth. And it, you will be rewarded with 
life, no matter how long you spend on the planet, you've got to get it out. Ida Wells is one of the most important figures anybody could study. So I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you went down that rabbit hole, Karen, because yeah. you know that that's that's your grandmother. So I'm glad you, Listen, you have to know I felt, her. I felt vindicated, you know, uh, in this time, even in this time, people will tell you to know your place. You know, why do you talk that way? You know, and, and you know, you, you wouldn't be human if you didn't, you know, digest some of that. And, oh. and question, you know, well, maybe I am too aggressive or maybe I am too bold or maybe I am too, but then you have to come to the conclusion. If Ida B. Wells can do that in the 19 teens, yes, unapologetically. Unapologetically. And, 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 with, and with all those things you said, she had doubts. She was constantly uh, pushing and being pushed back against. In fact, one of the interesting things after, World, well, during World War I, you know, they fighting to get this 19th Amendment passed. And so Ida Wells is involved in the front ranks of that struggle, but the racism in the women's movement. They wanted her not to be in the parade. It, they didn't want to be right, exactly. And so you see her, and you see, again, another one of those sisters that did not give up her name. Like, you're talking about Robert Church. Here comes Mary Church Terrell, family out of Memphis. She's in D.C. They're in this thing. Mary Church Terrell is like, you know, we're going to have this women's club movement. I'm with these black women. We're going to be in the march. Ida Wells is like, yeah, I'm with y'all, but watch this. We ain't going to be segregated. I'm going to march with the Illinois delegation. So these white women are like, no, you black people have to march together. So the black power kind of philosophy is, yeah, we will we'll stay together and we're going to be together. Ida Wells has said, yeah, I'm black power too, but I am a, and I'm a race woman. You see the, the for example, you see the pictures, they will say suffragists suffragists, and you see Ida B. Wells, and it says, race woman. She said, yeah, yeah, what y'all not going to do is separate me from my sons, from my husband, from my nephews. Right. I am for women and men. I'm for us. And, and don't get me wrong, I tighten the brothers up all the time. I stay tightening them up. But what I'm not going to do is pick you over them. It's a philosophy that is so important. She leaves the black part goes up through the march to the Illinois delegation, which is all white women that say, how y'all doing? I'm in Chicago, I'm with y'all. And they looking like, what? They say, hold on, we gonna be for uh, rights or not? Because we, what we not gonna do is play this race game. And they get that 19th Amendment passed, but still, it takes black women, this, until, uh, this is what I'd be Wells and I'm trying to tell us, it took black women until the same time it took black men, the Voting Rights Act, 1965. Because even though the 19th Amendment says women can vote, if you're a black woman in the South, what you're going to walk in and say, okay, I'm a woman, but yeah, but you black. Well, yeah, but I'm a woman. It says I can vote. No, 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 no. Jim Crow, uh, Jim Crow Rosa Parks, Jim Crow Septima Clark. Right. So, so Ida Wells, the story of her fearlessness, as you said, comes with often being pushed back against by black men, by those who would say you're you're too outspoken and you know there were many battles she ran for office in chicago she was often pushed back against by the black elites and her response was you know you all are a little too stuffy and y'all moving a little too slow so to, to to the point you're raising she was fearless she had that courage and she was a human being who hurt who cried who got mad and ultimately who was just as human as we are. So don't think of these people as superheroes who only were one way. They were exactly like us and we're exactly like them. So Dr. Clark, excuse me, Dr. Carr, uh, give us uh, the reading list for today. Uh, okay, so we already have uh, the diary of Ida B. Wells. The Memphis Diary of Ida B. Wells. Uh, by, uh, well, edited by Miriam 
DaCosta, D-A-C-O-S-T-A is her middle name. Another, you see how black people, you black women do. I'm not giving my name up. Her last name, Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S. I think she was a professor for some time at Lemoyne Owen College in Memphis, under HBCU. Uh, so the Memphis Diary of Ida B. Wells. Uh, and there's, of course, Ida B. Wells' own work. Uh, the ones I would recommend, uh, and they're very, you can get very cheap uh, editions. Well, actually, I think some of them are public domain, especially the, because um, that's what, yeah. I, you know what? I, I, yeah. yeah, you know, you know me. I like to have a book. So, but yes, right. on the internet, yes, please. A, a, a red record, which is a record of a lot of the lynchings. A red record. Uh, I like her book, Mob Rule in New Orleans. That tells the story of Robert Charles, who the police harassed in New Orleans, and before it was over, he had shot the police. Oh, so you know, you know what? I gotta read it for yourself. Y'all gotta read it for yourself. You gotta read it for yourself. A mob rule. Somebody need to make one of you young people. Y'all need to make a movie out of Mob Rule in New Orleans. In fact, it needs to be a good Ida B. Wells biopic. I don't know who's gangster enough to play her. But um, and then one other one I would mention of hers, uh, Lynch Law in all its phases. Those three are very, very, very good. Um, and there are others, but you all can find them. And see, so you just go down that rabbit hole on the internet, you'll find them. Um, and I mentioned just maybe two others. One, of course, and when somebody tells their own life story, it's always best to start with what they said about themselves. And so the book is simply, of course, the autobiography of Ida B. Wells. Um, Do you believe that, though? Um, because I, I feel like the autobiography of Frederick Douglass does not tell the whole story. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, no, of course not. No, no, no. I'm, you're right. That's a, that's a great We can have that conversation, but I, I feel no, like... No, it's absolutely true. Well, you know, people are always going to see themselves... Uh, what, what, what was know, I've, done, I've done books with people, and I've, that was how I, I got here, right? Is, is doing, bio, you know, autobiographies. It's, it's yes. A writer. Yes. And, and people do cherry pick what, what they're going to tell you about. Oh, themselves. no question. In and fact... They, they romanticize and mythicize the, themselves in a way that you, or in the case of Frederick Douglass, not give the whole truth for a lot of reasons at that time. Sure. He didn't want people to know how he did what he did. But sure. you know, I don't know if that's the most accurate view. No, it's true, it's true. In fact, I'm trying to remember whether it was Ralph Ellison or James Baldwin that said, um, we, uh, you know, what we do is who we are. What we remember is who we would have liked to have been. He says, so therefore, our memory and our identity are always at odds. So yes, you can't never stop with right. what the person says about themselves. But, but when you begin there, then when you go to uh, a book like Paula Giddings, who did a magisterial biography of Ida B. Wells, it's called Ida, A Sword Among Lions. Then that. you can say, okay, this is what Ida said about herself, but here's right. what everybody else said, and you can begin to tease out. But those autobiographies, as you know, having worked with so many people, those autobiographies give you a flavor of who that person would like to be. It's like, you know, Alex Haley doing autobiography of Malcolm X, which I think, again, with Alex Haley, though, there was that, that back, you can feel, you can feel him challenging. And, and Malcolm being so freaking brilliant could ex have that self-reflective, you know, so that, that relationship bore out, I think, one of the most, I don't know if you agree, one of the best autobiographies in our generation. No, I absolutely agree. You know, it's funny you, you mentioned that one too, uh, Karen, because I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's funny when you mention the autobiography of Malcolm X and people nod their heads and like, oh yeah, but you can tell if they've read it or not, because if you've read the autobiography of Malcolm X, then there's really no way to disagree with what you just said. It is one of the most layered 
detailed, when he's describing the streets of Boston, he's talking about Harlem, he's talking about Michigan and growing up and all those little details, he, they're basically given an ethnography of black That's, life. And but, but you also know it was the, the work of Alex Haley to, 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 you know, when I do a piece with somebody, I go to their neighborhood, you know, I hang out with their family, you know, so it's not, I'm not just taking what you said, you know, I'm sitting with LL, but I'm with his grandmother, I'm with his mom, I'm talking to his wife, you know, because again, he's going to tell a story, but I have to fill in the blanks and, and build the topography of that person's life, their neighborhood in Hollis, you know, like I'm sitting there looking at things through a lens that if you lived in it, you don't see some of the things that I may see. And that's why I think that autobiography is even more powerful because Alex Haley had that, that gift to no be able to, to do that. It's no question about it. In fact, uh, as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Karen, you need to do a series of master classes on just that work. I mean, because I'm thinking about the ghostwritten uh, autobiographies, the ghostwritten memoirs that don't have that quality. You just taught a class in 45 seconds. I'm serious. Sorry, I have to do sorry, that. You know the weirdest thing, and you have this same malady, and I don't know whether it's because we're bolts, but you know, it's easy to tell somebody something. It's harder to 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 tell it from your, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like necessarily talking about myself. I'd much rather talk to you, you know? Maybe we could just have that conversation because I think <laughs> that's the way that's going to get done. But let me just say thank you. Uh, we're going to keep doing these things because I, I, no man is an island. And I think we learn more through the, what is it? Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So we, we have to keep talking to one another. And, and banging those molecules together, and I'm thankful. Absolutely, let's let's do that. And that's that's an old African tradition. One day, maybe we can do one on the the the, the blacksmiths of Africa, because iron work they created it for the world. And when people say iron sharpens iron, they don't even know that's an African. <laughs> you man, I I could talk to you. For, all right, we'll be back. We'll be back. All right, thank you for today. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, sis.